means to follow you in a greater way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. Love seeing the sun come in the windows. And uh, we'll wait for a few more degrees, maybe. But uh, 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 summer's playing hard to get, and that's okay. We'll get there, and we'll all be complaining about how hot it is soon enough. But it is exciting to be here. Uh, those of you that know me well knows, know or could guess that it was difficult for me to not be here Friday. And um, a reason for that is, uh, other than having a game of cards to play, which was really fun, um, that's how our church is going to grow, and uh, is, is, if, is, is if we release other people. And so Andrew and Chrissy are fantastic leaders all on their own, and God has blessed our church with them and uh, to serve me and to serve you. And uh, so to turn them loose, they said, we got this. And then they want to turn all those areas loose over, over to different leaders. And so that's how this place will grow. That's how we can reach more people and uh, connect them to God, his family, and his plan. So it is, uh, we are trying to be strategic uh, with that. We're trying to multiply our leaders. And that means I can't do it all, and that's a good thing. And uh, so anyways, a couple of things uh, that I wanted to mention coming up. Uh, I've been wanting, just dying to do something outside of these four walls for our community, and we've got our chance. And so, uh, who's been to uh, Sycamore Park downtown uh, Pickerington? Been to a concert, been down there to play, whatever. That's the one that has the covered bridge at the back, and maybe you've done uh, concerts or movies there. Uh, that little white pavilion that's in the middle of the amphitheater looks pretty pathetic. I noticed that watching Chris Logston last year, and I thought, I wonder if our church could take on that. Well, the mayor's office is, uh, is, is graciously uh, accepting our offer to paint and, uh, and clean up that building. And so we, we're going to do that on uh, Saturday, May 12th uh, from 9 to 3. We'll have, a, we'll have a sandwich lunch there for you. And then our rain date's the following uh, the, the 19th if we need it. So hopefully you can come out for an hour or all six, and uh, we're going to do something for our city. Is that cool? All right, awesome. Uh, Want to get into, um, ooh, I'm going to plug the next series. How about that? Commercial time. Stay tuned. I'm so excited about the, the next two series actually go together. They hinge off of each other, uh, uh, May and June. Uh, May is something beautiful, and June is something strong. In the center of those months are Mother's Day and Father's Day. And so we're going to see how God is uniquely reflected in both women and men. And so we're going to celebrate different heroes in the Bible, both women and men, those two months. And uh, we're going to just see how God has designed our roles. Our culture seems to have a whole lot to say about gender, but we're going to go to the author if that's okay with you guys. And so, uh, so that's what we're going to be doing those next couple months. And um, anyways, today we are finishing our spring cleaning series. <laughs> are you just glad it's over, or are you just glad, yeah, uh, anyways, good job, and uh, I don't know how to feel about that, um, I'll try to make it pain, as painless as possible, uh, we actually uh, bought more junk yesterday, because I can't stay off of auctionohio.com, and uh, so we added a few things, and thanks to my wife, we were actually pulling stuff out of the basement at the same time, and, and trading junk, um, but hopefully, you guys are catching the heart of this series, and here's the reason why. It's because we all have a story. There's a movie that's, uh, that, that I, I love movies, and, and there's just always these powerful moments in each of them. And there's one that has a lot of moments in that for me, and that's the Steve Martin movie called Parenthood. Any fans of the movie Parenthood? They did a spinoff TV show that's kind of fun too, but Steve Martin is just, I just love him. And, and uh, he's just fantastic. And so he's in that movie, but he's playing a different role than the comic. He's playing 
a dad, a husband, an employee, a coach. Does that sound like anybody's life in here? He's frustrated. Things aren't going well. His kids all have different issues. That sounds familiar. And they're getting ready to leave for this event. And he says these words to his wife that are some of the most powerful I may have heard in a movie. He says, my whole life is half to. You guys remember that? And only somebody like Steve Martin. Oh, okay. Only somebody like Steve Martin can melt down. One of his other great meltdowns is the hot dogs and buns scene. You know, that's, that's, that's probably his best meltdown scene in uh, Father of the Bride. My whole life is half to. We've been given this gift. We've been given this gift of life. We've been given this thing called earth. We've been given these wonderful people that we share our lives with. We've been given opportunities to work, to live, to love, to play. And what happens in so many of us is that we run into that moment of, I'm not even enjoying a minute of this. This doesn't feel good. And not even it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. And this series is about it. Not, it's not really right. That's not how we are supposed to live. Clutter is killing our purpose and our true enjoyment of life. We have a clutter problem, and it's not just limited to under our beds and in our basements. As kids, we have under our beds and we have our closets. I can show you all of my, my children's, and, and uh, children's, there's good English. All the children's under their beds is bad news. And if one more thing goes into my son's closet, it will explode and the house will fall down. But then all we do is grow up and, and we get basements and garages and uh, storage buildings and, huh, okay. This series is taking a look at the clutter in what we have, what we think, and what we do. We started with the clutter that we have on week one, the stuff we love, the stuff we save, the physical things that get piled around us. Two weeks ago, we looked at the clutter inside of us, what we think. I don't know about you guys, but a cluttered mind is far more of a dangerous place for me than a cluttered garage. And those moments when I can't think straight and I, and I just can't even get my thoughts together, those are, those are some of my darkest moments. Today, we're going to finish the series challenging the clutter in our actions. What fills our life? What, what are the things we're actually doing? Because what you do is, it, that's your behavior, and it's not just your good behavior or your bad behavior, but it's all of the things that we say yes to. So it's, it's easy to just say, okay, well, we just need to stop doing the bad things. Well, we all know how easy it is for stuff to constantly pile up around us. Our garages, our minds, our calendars. What's the problem with clutter in our garage, in our minds, and in our daily activities? What's the problem with it? Well, we've been learning that the stuff is never the problem. Tell your wife, I told you so. <laughs> Ladies, tell your husband, I'm buying another purse, deal with it. What's really at stake? 
two things. The first is our hearts, because the Bible says that our, where our hearts are, that's where our treasure is. And so if we're not careful, we become more than just enjoying our things. We become attached. Our identity becomes involved with them. Our hearts become attached to these things. And number two is our purpose. Clutter clouds our clarity. Our purpose is at stake. And so we're all living this story. What kind of story do you want? I like happily ever after. I like the sun to set, the the couple to ride off. I'm picturing the end of uh, end of um, well every movie. What do we want? Want health? I want peace. I want to make a difference. Does that sound familiar? I want, that's what a good life feels like to me. I want it to be something that I've enjoyed along the way and something that has benefited other people. What is our purpose? James 1.4, we read uh, a couple weeks ago that we're supposed to become mature and complete not lacking anything. Well, what's mature? Is it the gray hair I'm getting? Partially. Hopefully it's wisdom. Hopefully it's a little more self-awareness. Hopefully it's a little bit more awareness of others. Maturity. Mature things do what? They bear fruit so if I'm supposed to become mature pray for me as I still enjoy Spongebob and I'm very excited about Solo coming out soon if you don't know what that is just find another church now no I'm just kidding i just kidding it's a Star Wars movie that is very important to me I'm nervous about it, but I'm excited. I don't want to get to the end of my life and not have anything to show for it. Right? The clutter in my garage, in my mind, and in my cal- on my calendar, when I get to the end of my life, those are all going to finally be seen as worthless as they truly are. When I get to the end, it's not going to matter what I've been worrying about. It's not going to matter what's in my basement. Whoa. And it's not going to matter how busy I was. We've been talking about clutter versus fruit because I see clutter as the enemy to fruit in our lives. Listen to this story. This this story has always amazed me from the New Testament because Jesus is so amazing and all of His interactions with people are just wonderful. Almost everything is positive except when He's yelling at the religious people. 
Mark 11, 12-14 tells the story of Jesus cursing a fig tree. And He's at the beginning of Passion Week at this point. He's got plenty of things on His mind and on His heart. This is the afternoon or evening of the day that He has His triumphal entry. And it says that He looks at this tree. He's hungry. It says He was so busy that He forgot to eat breakfast. That He didn't eat breakfast. He goes over to the fig tree Let's read it. Mark 11, verse 12. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off, so he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Jesus just flat out, you didn't have what I need from you today. I'm done with you. To the tree. That's, that's awesome. Only a creator can do that, by the way. Like, I can cuss out the weeds in my lawn and they keep coming. <laughs> Good swears, not bad swears, you know. What's this story saying? It makes a comment about not, it not being seasoned. Like it, they, they weren't supposed to be ripe yet for picking. But there should have been figs on the tree. Jesus was so hungry, he was willing to eat an unripened fruit. I don't get excited about a green banana, but if I hadn't eaten for six hours, I would eat a green banana. This is where he's at. But he finds no fruit on the tree, but it says it was full of leaves. The tree looked awesome. You getting this? It's awesome. The tree looked awesome. It was full of leaves, but no fruit. Because in our story, in our lives, in our journey, if we're not, oh my gosh. It, if we're not careful, we just chase the things that make us feel full and make us look good. And I like a nice looking car as much as anybody else. I'm proud of the way my house looks. I like the lawn to look nice. But if I'm not careful, that's all I'll have at the end of my life is a nice lawn. It's not bad. The Bible shows us that God has a better way. God has been showing us that he wants us to not just be full and stuffed, but he wants us to be complete. Is there anything better than seeing an object or a person complete or at the peak of their season I mean I feel like I've really had like only 10 really good cantaloupe in my life I'm a little hungry right now 
But what's a tree look like when it, when it is in full glory? We, we lived across the street in that first house for 10 years when I was on staff at Trinity, and the perfect tree is in that backyard. Like, that's the main thing we miss about that house. Kind of silly, but it's perfectly shaped. There's nothing else keeping it from just perfectly growing. Or think about an athlete. Love him or hate him, LeBron James is an unnatural specimen. And he is just now coming through his peak, and he is a force to be reckoned with no matter what happens. And if he had any help, that we wouldn't even be worried and in game seven. But what's it like to see somebody or something in its full capacity? It's awesome, right? God wants us to get to the peak of our purpose. He wants the good things to come out of our life. He wants things to flow out into other people. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have purpose. We have to transform. Ephesians 4, 17-24 says this, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature. Created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. The New King James Version calls this new nature the new man. Put on the new man. Put off the old man. And ladies, we're not talking about trading up. If it helps, put off the old man. Put off the old one. Put on the new Shed the things off that are crowding you, that are keeping you from being all that God has designed for you to be. It's designed into you. This is making a reference back to creation. We were created in His image. We were created to be like Him. We've been learning that God does the transformation, but we have to partner with the process, and we are told how in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It's an awesome scripture. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Wow. Well, that's the thing about our stories. 
Have you noticed there's people watching you? There's a, there's a crowd. There are neighbors, there are co-workers, there are family members, there are friends, your kids, your parents. We've got this race with a crowd of witnesses. What that means is that the fruit isn't just for us. It's not just for me. Peace isn't just for my house. It's so that somebody else can know the author of peace. My poor neighbor, one of my, one of my poor neighbors, came by yesterday. He's awesome. His name's Eric, and he's moved here from Ghana. He is a cool guy. He's a Christian. He goes to another church downtown. He comes and knocks on the door. Adam. My best impression of Eric from Ghana. I have bought a desk from Ikea for my children. Well, you heard Ikea in there. That's a four-letter word. I cannot figure it out. Can you help me? He knows I'm handy. We've helped, you know, I've helped him with his lawn and stuff. So I went down and spent an hour. It was one of these desks that you could build with the drawer on either the right or the left, and he'd basically build it halfway for each and was wondering why it wouldn't go together. <laughs> but he felt comfortable coming up to my door. And I said, you're in luck. I've just built a bunch of Ikea stuff for the church. And I've, I'm, in the, I'm in the zone. I don't want to do any more. So, but we've got this crowd of witnesses. The fruit isn't for us alone, although I get to benefit from it. When my house is peaceful, it brings peace to me. When, when things are right between me and the Lord, when things are right between me and my family, when, and that happens occasionally, but it's, it's for more than me. Three things we can do. Number one, it says to strip off every weight. We have to get rid of some clutter. It's easy to say don't do something bad. I think those are the easiest things to see in our own lives and definitely in other people. They, they would be better off if they didn't do that. For me, my greatest frustration comes from choosing between two good things. Right? Whether it's on a menu, help them. I'm serious. Whether it's things to do, people to spend time with, what to watch on TV, what to own. And so often the solution is, well, I, you just, you know, the, the waiter hands you the menu and you just say, yes, please, right? I'll take it all. I don't want to choose. But where this really causes me grief is when I schedule myself in and when I start to get boxed in and then there's, there's something that, is either more important or something that I would have just liked to do, and all of a sudden I, I can't do it.
Our best yes is sometimes a no. We hate saying no, but the reality is that in every decision, we are saying yes to something and no to the other. I do not like to tell people no. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's one of my weaknesses. But if I say yes to everything asked of me, then I've really just said no to my family. I've said no to spending the right amount of time to be ready for Sunday morning. This week really pushed me. And basically I lost my Saturday for, I got to spend some of it with my son, but I, I lost control of this week. We're talking about stewardship, which is one of those Bible words that we just don't like because it's a mature word. Stewardship is maturity. It's, it's saying, I'm going to look at the time that I've been given. I'm going to look at the resources that I've been given, and I'm going to make the best decisions with them. What's it worth saying yes to everything? Your sanity? Your freedom, ultimately your purpose. Because if you say yes to everything, you're not being very effective at the few things God has called you to. Churches can do that too. They can have 5,000 ministries and not really make a difference in any one area. We get this amazing gift of life. And so God would much rather us be get to people than have to people. I hope every Sunday morning is a get to morning for me. I hope when you wake up, I get to go to church today. Now your kids may be like, I have to go to church today. That's right, get in the car. Hopefully they get it. That's okay, moms and dads. God didn't make you moms and dads to make friends. They he made you so you could make mature people. Right? Throwing a little parenting there. Have to versus get to. Here's another way to look at this. Invest versus spend. One of the pastors I really like a lot admire, uh, Craig Groeschel. He says, look at your budget. Look at your resources as not what you're going to spend on something, but what you're going to invest in something. What's the return on that investment? And I'm not against having a good time. I think, I think investing in some... I think investing in some fun is okay. So what do these boxes actually represent in our lives? Maybe they represent actual boxes. Maybe your house is really, like you may be a hoarder in denial, and, and at least you know your parents are for sure. I'm serious. I'm going to be, you know, that guy someday, so you, somebody's got to keep me honest. It might be actual boxes. You might actually just have too much stuff. Maybe it's the 30 extra pounds I'm carrying. No amens. Maybe it's the 50 grand in car or student loans. Maybe 
Maybe it's the addiction that no one can see but is already affecting every relationship and area of your life. Did you catch that? It said to remove every weight. And then it says, especially sin. The other stuff will just slow you down. It says that sin entangles you. So it's one thing to be wearing and dragging stuff with you. Sin will actually lock you up and lay you out. Deal with our sin. Maybe it's your calendar. I talked to a guy recently and he was so proud that he just signed his little kid up for both soccer and t-ball. Now maybe you've done that. I, I don't get that one. Like it's, it's really difficult to to get a family excited to go to like the first game, and then you're like paying the siblings to go to other games, and the parents are arguing about, oh, it's my turn. I went to the last practice, and you went. So let's let's give each kid two or three sports in the same season. I don't, I don't get that one. But, but think about it, the other things we do. Maybe it's TV. Too much, maybe that's got too much clutter in your mind. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's toxic relationships. So what do we do? God, help me! These boxes, they're overwhelming me. Do something about these boxes. That brings me to two, number two. So the first one is to get rid of every weight. The second is we've got to run at this. This says to run the race that's been given to you with endurance. I think we pray a lot of prayers that have already been answered. I'll say that one again. I think we pray a lot of prayers that have already been answered. Ignorance may be that the answer is already out there. But I think it's just that we usually don't like the answers. And the thing is about God, one of the things I love about Him, is that His answers aren't going to change. We can apply that to everything. We need to clear the clutter in what we do. His answer's already there in His Word. And so when we're suffocating, reaching for lifelines, and we can't move, we can't focus, we're not moving forward, and we feel like we don't have our purpose, we don't know what the end looks like, God says, do what I've already given you to do. Now this principle of clearing clutter will work regardless of whether you follow Jesus or not. There are some principles that just work. Sowing and reaping. If you keep a clean, clear, focused life, focus can get you the world. Right? I mean, we can see, we've seen it. We've seen the neighbor that focuses on work. Maybe we've done it at times. We've seen uh, some people focus on their athletics. The genes have to back it up at some point. But I've seen the investment into those things, and it pays off. So it'll work regardless of whether you follow Jesus or not, but the other question is where do you want to end up? Because the Bible also teaches that you can have the world by the tail, 
and you have nothing inside. You've got a tree full of leaves. No fruit. Choose your destination carefully and make the decisions needed to get there. What are we talking about? What's your life look like? What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the happily ever after look like for your life? Plant now for the fruit you want. That's what this message series is. That's what the series is about. Plant now, prune now for, this, for the fruit that you want. Which leads us to number three. So number one was we got to strip off every weight that hinders us. Number two is we've got to run with endurance. Number three, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because focus will pay off, but depending on what you focus on, it's going to depend on where you end up. Jesus led a complete, not a cluttered life. He focused on His purpose so His life was full of fruit. Do you read that? When you hear those stories, it doesn't seem like He lacked. It seemed like people enjoyed being around Him. He was, you know, He seemed to have a very full life. He focused on His purpose so His life was full of fruit. I want to close with another story from the Bible. It's about uh, two sisters. Martha and Mary. The story is in Luke chapter 10. I'll give you the basics of it. These are close friends of Jesus. He would hang out at their house a lot whenever he got a chance to. He's hanging out at their house Martha is making his dinner. She's working hard. The Savior's there. I'm making your dinner, Jesus. Except then she gets irritated because she's the only one working on the dinner. And she sees her sister Mary just sitting out there Listening to Jesus. Well, I can just imagine. Like, she probably got pretty worked up before she even said anything, right? I mean, I just picture this. Like, you're just stewing. You get the stew going. You're like, I, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm doing, I'm working hard. I'm doing the, the right thing. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. And, eh. It helps that it's, it doesn't help that it's a sister, right? Jesus, can you please tell Mary to come help me? I don't think she's even said it that nice. It says in verse 41, But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, Oh, He loves us. He loves us even when we're when we can't move. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 
you have clutter in your mind. You have clutter in your actions. And so you have clutter in your heart. He said there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. And he says, and it will not be taken away from her. What's that phrase mean? That, that's that end of the road picture that I was giving you. What's the happily ever looked after? What's, what's your happily ever after look like? You're not going to care about the stuff you have. What are you actually, what's something that can't be taken away from you? If you will clear the clutter, you can know God's peace and purpose for your life. I've got these big boxes around me. You may have noticed that there's also some small boxes up here on the stage today. What are those small boxes? Well, let me see if I can find one. It's a little box on the top. It just says Spring Cleaning Series, Family Church, April 2018. Clutter kills purpose. And the verse that I read uh, today, Hebrews 12, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I do think it's ironic that a series on clutter that I would give you something else to take home. (laughs) That thought occurred to me. A little ironic. But that is why I picked a small box. Like, could you imagine if I sent these home with you? What's the point? This is, it's simple. It's a token. It's something to remember what the series is about. It's something to know that inside all of our boxes, what's really going to be something that will not be taken from us is the Word of God, is, is, is His transforming power in our hearts and in our lives. All of the other things that we keep around us are just, they're just noise. And like I said, the stuff isn't the issue. I like some of my stuff. But when it's keeping me from purpose, it's out of line. And it's keeping me from the finish line that I want to get to. This isn't a God pressing us down. This is a God setting us free. So as we close in worship today, what I'd like is if uh, you would come forward and, and, and take a moment up here at, at the front of the stage, uh, the altar, and, and take a moment. Thank God for your life. If you're living a have-to life, repent. And at the same time, ask God for His help. But I'd love it if everyone would come forward and take one of these today while we worship. As we close in prayer, could we bow our heads today? This is a life-giving word, and I, I believe that everyone should be on a Sunday morning, but there's freedom inside this teaching because it comes from the Word of God and the heart of heaven. 
I'm just the messenger. This is what God wants for you. If God has shown you clutter, if He's revealed it to you in in this series, even today, even in this moment, something that's in between you and Him, something that's in between you and that finish line that you want to get to, and you're ready to act on it, you're ready to, to go after it, you're ready to remove it. It could be actual physical things. That's hard enough to work on. But our thoughts and our actions are even harder. You might need some help with that. You might need to uh, you might need to reach out for some counseling. You might need to reach out for who knows. It, it might be something you have to make a plan to deal with. If it's an addiction, something like that. I don't know what it is. But if this is the moment where you want to deal with that clutter that God has showed to you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. God wants to encourage you. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. God sees those hands. He sees your hearts. He sees them. He loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we lift up this clutter, God. We lift up these things. that would be in the way of our purpose in You. The things that would entangle us. The sin. And even the choices of too many good things to choose from, so we say yes to everything. And we end up saying no to the most important things. God, I pray that you would bring a boldness to these people. God, help them to take a step of action today or tomorrow to move forward on that. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never given Him your heart, the Bible teaches us that we need to repent. What's that doing? That's getting rid of our sin and making room for Him. If you've never said yes to Jesus and today's your day to cross that line of faith, I want to pray with you. Would you raise your hand this morning? It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Father God, we thank You for this Word. God, we thank You for holiness, for purity, for purpose. God, for the freedom that's in You. God, You do the transformation, but we partner with You by giving You permission and yielding our hearts to You. Change us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.